Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim here with Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I am doing good. Doing good. I think so. This is we're recording this. We just or you just had we're on um, Tank Talk with Tyan on Facebook. We got a ton of questions there. So that was a really awesome. Yeah, that was fun. I you tell people how they can access that. You're the social person. <laughs> so if you go to Facebook, um, if you look for the group Tank Talk with Tyan, it should be coming up. And you know, I, I'm concerned. I'm not sure if I'm actually saying her name correctly. But if you're interested in watching that, send us a message. I'd be happy to send you an invitation to the group so that you can watch that. And you're going back for round two, right? Yes, round two. Guess her the, her name is T I A N. That's how you can find it. Yes. Um, yes. And uh it was so many questions and things that uh we're going back in was it, was it November? Yeah, yeah. November fifteenth, yeah, I think. Tuesday, yep, Tuesday. November fifteenth, live uh five o'clock West Coast time. Yep. So it was a lot of fun. It was. All right. So today is plant tanks. Yes. Uh, we get we get a fair amount of questions. Plants are more and more popular. And uh, by a plant tank, I don't mean an aquarium that has a couple plants in it. I'm talking about where the main focus is plants. So it's a tank where plants are the center of attention and a few fish are put into it. I mean, you've if you've looked on the internet magazines, you see these gorgeous planted tanks, landscaped, and you know there's all sorts of contest. Even at um, uh, Aquashella, they have a planted tank contest, and they're they're really beautiful. Yes, and but- I, we should specify this is freshwater because there are. I actually went to a presentation at Macna about like macroalgae planted, like so saltwater planted tanks. So we're talking about freshwater today. Yes. So for those who think that maybe we uh, don't uh, pay enough attention to freshwater, we're, we service freshwater aquariums as well as saltwater. We are ambidextrous in this. <laughs> and koi ponds too. I talked to somebody that didn't know that we had products for ponds. So we do, we do oh, yeah, that as well. We do. I, uh, I, I mentioned my pond cause I, my koi, that I've had for seriously, I probably I've had those koi for over twenty years. Holy cow! Yeah, it's a long time to have a fish since I'm, since I moved in, and uh, they've always had you know baby one here, but this year there are twenty five baby koi swimming around the, the pond. It's kind of fun to look at. I'll have to snap a picture or take a little an image. But, um, can, you, can you give me a, a short video of them? That would be cool. Yeah, a short video because they're just hilarious as they swim and they're scattered about. Then when I go out there, because I'm going to feed them, uh, they've already figured out that that big shadow feeds, throws food in the te- in the pond for them. And they all come together and start schooling in a circle. It's pretty cool to look at. So they're about two and a half, three inches long. So I'll do, I'll get you a video of that. Sweet. Okay. So freshwater plant tanks. What we're going to talk about is it, it's most of well, all the questions we get 
are about cycling the plant tank. So we're going to uh, go through why it's a little bit different to cycle, the sequence of cycling, and uh, maybe the first thing is, do you need to cycle? Which sounds a little bit weird since, you know, our number one product is, is live nitrifying bacteria. But the fact is, if you are setting up a tank where it's basically going to be plants and a few fish, you don't really need to cycle the tank. So does that mean the podcast is over, Hillary? I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell people that I'm not in the sales department. <laughs> <laughs> but we speak the truth here. And the truth is, where, where does ammonia come from? Ammonia comes from fish that are being fed. They're excreting ammonia or, or corals, you know, but plants don't really, they don't excrete ammonia. Now, so, so this is where you have to make a decision. It's kind of a decision tree. If you're going to set up a tank that's primarily plants, and I'm talking a lot of plants, and later put in a few fish, the truth is you may not need to cycle or at least no need to do what I would call a fishless cycle. Because the nitrifying bacteria will convert any ammonia to nitrate, which is what the plants prefer. But the order of things would be to plant the tank, add some nitrifying bacteria, and then add a couple of fish. And the plants will help filter the nitrogenous waste out of the tank. So that, that's a, a question we get, and, and a lot of people... They aren't told this, but you're setting up this plant tank. Do you really don't need to be adding ammonia and surely not at the dosages that we normally recommend because we're assuming that you're going to put a lot of fish and fish are going to be the center of attention rather than plants. So with, with that said, let's say you, you do want to do a cycle. You do want to put some fish in there. What order should things be? Well, first, most times if you're doing a plant tank, you're using special soils. And these soils are more on the acidic, I mean, low pH side. And a lot of them say they don't leach ammonia, but in my experience, almost all of them do. So set up the, the system. And if you, really want to get the tank cycled first using the one and only, I would put in your special substrate and then the nitrifying bacteria and get your filter running. And we've had a rash of this the last couple of days. Your filter has to have media in it. Hey, uh, I'm you've probably seen there's this has to have been five emails in the last two days yeah, I took the filter material out of my filter and I got the filter running. Well, then it's just a water pump. The, the nitrifying bacteria need a substrate to live on. And what's going to happen is a lot of times people use like RO water or a combination of RO and dechlorinated tap water because they're trying to reduce 
the alkalinity. Why? Because plants do better in lower pH water because the CO2, the carbonate, is in the form of carbon dioxide, which the plants need. Aquatic plants, just like terrestrial plants, they their carbon source is CO2. So they, I'm going to say breathe in, but that's not really what it is, but they breathe in CO2 and they produce oxygen when the sunlight's on. That's why they're cl- constantly cleaning our air, scrubbing it of CO2 and putting O2 into the atmosphere. That's That's how Earth became aerobic is through the action of, of, of plants and algaes and things like that. And that's what's happening in your water system. And if your pH is super high, like out here in California, it doesn't mean that your plants aren't going to live. It just means that they're really not going to thrive. You know, when you really get into the plant tanks, there's even what are called CO2 bubblers, where you have a tank under the stand or in the stand, and you're slowly bubbling CO2 into the water to increase the amount of CO2 in the water to help the plants grow faster because that's what they need. Uh, And the, the issue with that, though, is that if your pH is really high, and that CO2 quickly becomes bicarbonate or even carbonate. Those are all forms of, of the inorganic nitrogen. And that's not the form that you want. You, you don't want carbonate or bicarbonate. You want it to be CO2, which dominates at the lower pH. And so what a lot of people do is they'll mix their tap water with you know, RO, reverse osmosis, or reverse osmosis deionized. There's really no reason to do this deionized reverse osmosis or some type of pure water to uh, reduce the alkalinity and make sure the pH is low. So now you've got this soil that's putting out ammonia that's, that's also low pH. You've got water that's low pH, and now you have ammonia in the system. Well, as longtime listeners hopefully have known, well, hold it, low pH. That means that all your ammonia is in the ammonium NH4 plus ion, and the bacteria don't really do well. They don't, they're not, they're, they live, but they don't convert quickly at low pH. And you're right, they don't because it, the, the total ammonia, the ammonia is in the ammonium form which the bacteria don't utilize. They use the NH3 ammonia form, which dominates at higher pHs. So that is why when you're setting up a specialized plant tank with these soils and and low and making sure your water's low pH, it is going to take a longer time to cycle. And that's why what I'm saying is set your system up and Use regular higher pH, higher alkalinity water and add the nitrifying bacteria. Uh, Get your filter and filter media in there running. Don't add your plants. 
again, make the tank bacteria-centric for a, a little bit for the first couple of weeks. And have your pH or your ammonia, your ammonia and your nitrite test kits available so that you can be measuring the progress. And before you even add ammonia drops, they're the ones that we sell, if you're using these soils, measure the ammonia in the water. You may find that you already have a measurable amount of ammonia. That means there's no reason to add you know, more ammonia, even if it's 0.5 or one, which is lower than our, our target of two. Remember, in the end, this is going to be more plant-centric rather than fish-centric, so you don't need a huge population of the nitrifying bacteria. So let's recap. I mean, I said that almost all in one breath. So set up the tank with the special soil. Use regular dechlorinated tap water with a higher pH, higher alkalinity, because that's what the bacteria favor, and get the cycle going. And realize that it may take a little longer because the bacteria like, you know, they want to be on a surface and they're going to get on that special soil too. But the micro environment, the environment right where they're colonizing that soil is going to be low pH. So they're just not going to grow as fast. The same thing's going to happen with the nitrite oxidizers. They're not going to grow as fast. E even possibly, you know, it's it's better than using ROD water, DI water from the beginning, but even with regular dechlorinated tap water with a high pH, a plant tank with special soils just is not going to cycle that you know as fast. It's not going to be 10 days. It could be, you know, more like 30 days. But keep the ammonia, you know, dose maybe to one instead of uh, four drops per gallon, one drop per gallon, if you even need it. And we've had emails where people are like, you know, my ammonia just won't go down. And, and it's true. If you put a bunch of ammonia in there from the get-go with that type of soil, and especially if you're using the RODI water, it can be a couple of months before the nitrifying bacteria really work to reduce that uh, ammonia level. And in my experience, plants don't really like high ammonia. So that's why I'm saying don't plant the tank yet. Um, now, it, it, you know, if you want your planted tank right in, from the start, sure, you can landscape it, the soils, put the plants in there, but realize, uh, don't add any ammonia. You can add some nitrifying bacteria, but don't add any fish. Right? That you're just going to have to have plants only and realize that there's probably going to be some die-off of the plants in the very beginning. It takes time for their roots to get established and really start growing, which is okay. Uh, you want water movement. And of course, you need really good lights. And nowadays, there are great LEDs. Um, you know, we, we sell the ASF uh, Pro 10 brand of uh, New Dawn LEDs, and they're really uh, targeted towards plants because with LEDs, they give off a specific wavelength of light. And there's, with ours, there's a mixture of uh what the difference the two major spectra are for uh, photosynthesis of plants. 
So you, you can really get um, nice growth going, but it takes time to establish all that. And there's always a little bit of a die off. The tanks don't look great. Again, continually look great. Um, and realize that if you're going to be adding any type of liquid fertilizers, which are heavy in iron and potassium and others, that that can also uh, grow algae. So you're going to have to be you know, diligent about that. Um, I think we got one email once where the person said, well, I have my lights on 24 hours because I really want the plants to grow fast. And that's not a good idea. The maximum you should have your lights on is 12 hours. With modern LEDs and controllers, you can ramp them up and ramp them down, you know, a, sun, a sunrise and a sunset, which is always a good idea. And that will help uh, reduce the algae. If you're going to keep your lights on 24 hours, you're just going to have a tank that's going to be dominated by algae. Hold on. I, I got to. Did, did I hear that correctly? The max you should have your lights on is 12 hours. The max, very maximum. Yeah. Very maximum. And, yeah. and you're including like, well, like sunrise sunset yes in that? Yeah. okay i always thought that like it should be way less but I, again well I i'm talking know. about i mean i mean the maximum maximum i'm talking about because we've you know we've had people i got my plants on 24 hours why are you doing that so <laughs> i mean eight hours is good uh but not not 12 hours at the 100 percent setting you know you should that's a ramp up and a ramp down Thanks for just clarifying. making sure. No, no. Thanks for clarifying that because I don't want uh, people to think that I meant 100% for 12 hours because that's a pretty good way to grow algae too. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can almost like hear people. Like, oh, I'm doing that and us having a lot more questions. No, no. So, no. Um, what was I talking about, Hillary? Oh, additives. Yeah. Be, be, <laughs> because you know a lot of these additives. Um, algae like them too. Algae are photosynthetic. Algae love iron and micronutrients. So you have to be careful when when adding those. Um, and you do you do need flow, not not heavy flow like in a in a reef tank, but you definitely need some flow into the system uh, and over the plants. And uh, I prefer to have. So a dedicated media, you know, even if it's a hang on the tank filter, you can put a bag in there with some of the, the media for the nitrifying bacteria. And it's okay to add a couple of small fish at the beginning. And, and I would actually say that it is better in terms of what I would say easier Um to cycle a plant tank with one and only nitrifying, live nitrifying bacteria and a couple of fish, small fish, instead of, instead of the ammonia drops it, in this case. And the fish are going to be fine. You know, people worry, well, you know, they're going to be harmed or they're, they're not. You've got a lot of plants in there. You've got the nitrifying bacteria in there. And I'm talking about, you know, some smaller fish, not not big cichlids or something like that. Uh, you've got zebra danios or all sorts of thread fins, and and uh, you know the, there's just lots of small fish. A couple of uh, you know small tetras. You you've got lots of choices here. 
um, would, would to do this, you know, if, and now, so that's setting up the tank, realize the cycling is going to take longer. And especially if you're using, like I've said now for the fifth or sixth time, special water, special soil with low pH water or, or low alkalinity water, just know that things are going to take longer. There's just nothing really you can do about that. If you do the method I recommended of using dechlorinated tap water, once the system is cycled, now remove as much water as you can. Don't disturb the substrate. Don't siphon clean the substrate, but remove that water. Now put your plants in, and this could be you know two weeks down the line, Put your plants in, landscape, now refill with the, the, the low alkalinity water that'll give you that low pH, and then start your system. The nitrifying bacteria don't, don't grow in the water column, so getting rid of that first set of uh, water, you're not throwing away your nitrifiers, but that's why you don't want to gravel wash because that's where the nitrifiers are. They're on substrate or they're also on the media in your filter, so don't clean your filter media, uh, which sounds strange. But, you know, years ago when I first started in this industry with Marineland Aquarium products, we developed BioWheel, and that was a rotating biological contactor that went in on top of the hang-on-the-tank filter. And over time, it would discolor, and that was the bacteria. That was a good thing, and people would actually throw it away because, well, it was looking dirty. So they were throwing their biological filter away. So don't throw your good bacteria away that are in the filter media. Um, and so now you've filled it up with the water, got it's planted, running, and you can start to enjoy your tank and realize that nitrite is going to hang around. It Especially in this situation, you will probably have a small, you know, low, but measurable amount of nitrite, you know, 0.1, it just hangs around. That's fine. It's not toxic. Uh, it's going to take time for those bacteria because they just don't like this environment. They do not grow well in the environment of, of a, you know, a plant tank such that I've described. Um, so that kind of covers that I think Hillary right the 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 real in you know hardcore I want this plant tank and grow plants like crazy yes I'm going to talk about a couple of special cases uh, but also realize that you have to trim the plants you know having a, a really nice plant tank is much like having a really nice say English garden or or, or lawn it's not maintenance free you, you need to trim it. You need to, uh, like I said, fertilize it. Pay attention to the instructions. Don't over-fertilize. Can, that can stimulate algae. And it takes a good six months or so for the tank to really get established, which during this time the root systems are being established and the tank is getting balanced. And... Yeah, there's there's this concept. It's called the Linden because it comes from um, Holland, this town, Linden University, Linden, where you have these balanced freshwater plant tanks. And what the what that balance meant was that you're not adding artificial fertilizer, you know, liquid fertilizers. You're 
basically letting the fish fertilize the plants. And the balance is the right number of fish fed the right amount for the plants in your aquarium. And there's really no hard and fast rule for that. It's better to start out with less fish and you'll know when you have too many because you'll start growing algae and the and and if you don't have enough your leaves will start to turn brown and, and yellow you know they're having mineral deficiency so that's one way to go and it, it can be achieved i used to have a nice uh 30 gallon aquarium that um you know a little bit of quality fish food don't overfeed and it fertilizes the plants and it can look wonderful but again the fish are not the main purpose of the aquarium and that leads to like uh you know people love cichlids and so do i i've, I've had cichlids for a while <laughs> it was my second fish because i i put firemouth cichlids into my first aquarium after i had a bunch of uh, sword tails in there the sword tail population was drastically reduced but i was a kid nobody told me that anyways um most cichlids are diggers you know, they, they just just like to take all the substrate and pile it up in one corner and then move it over to the other. So if you've got your heart set on having cichlids, it doesn't mean you can't have plants, but you have to plan for, and, and you know, what's going to happen. And, of course, not all cichlids are diggers, but I'm talking about the majority that are. Um and normally you've got to use a tough plant like an anubius. And what's neat about that is you can actually uh, uh, glue it or you can use a fishing uh, string, fishing line, which is kind of invisible, um, and tie the plant to the driftwood or rocks. And eventually it'll become rooted in there. Um, but you've got, but you've, Got to use a broadleaf hardy plant like an Anubius that's slow grower. Um, the other thing you can do is a lot of times plants will come in this filter floss material in a plastic, um, little plastic basket. It doesn't look fantastic, but you can put those in little flower pots, you know, like in, in my koi pond because koi like to dig in things, I have big flower pots and the lilies are actually planted in the flower pots because in my koi pond, I don't put, I have, uh, the liner is the bottom. I don't put rocks on the bottom of the koi pond because that traps, just traps organics and makes the whole thing hard to clean. So I've got the plants in, you know, big flower, uh, ceramic flower pots. And then there's rocks now that the plants are bigger, uh, covering the substrate so that the koi are, uh, they can't be digging through there. So you can, you know, you can put uh, cichlids with plants. Um, and if you can pick smaller cichlids, like the rams, the rams are great. Uh, most people don't realize angelfish are cichlid. Angelfish and discus are part of the cichlid family of fish, and they're not diggers, and they make a beautiful display. So you can do fish and plants together. What I would recommend if that's what you want to do is establish the plants first, then start adding your fish. 
and and do a little homework. We all, we always stress this. You know, what fish do you want? Do you know what fish you want? I want to keep discus, and discus are a very skittish uh, fish, and they don't move around fast. They kind of you know hover in the water, and they're they're great. But with that. You definitely, I would recommend plants because it gives them some hiding spots and just provides a level of comfort so that they can go in there and, and feel more comfortable in the water rather than just a completely, uh, you know, bare tank. And that's maybe versus some African cichlid like the Victorians, you know, where they just live over rock croppings and they, but they eat is basically what's called afwich, A-U-F. W-U-H, it's a German word. And it's basically the uh, combination of algae and zooplankton and um, demersal animals that live on the what we might call gunk that grows on the rocks. But that's why they're always with their teeth grinding at that and their their lips, you know, grinding off that that algae because it's a mix of algae and, and plant or animal material that's where they get most of their nutrition. And in that case, you really don't have plants. So, you know, you have to kind of if you're going to do plants and fish together, decide what fish, and then there's lots of references of what plants that you're going to want to need. Okay. I've got questions. I've got animal questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually one's a, one's a comment. So um, at the last show in Chicago, I went to a local fish store while I was there and they had in their planted tanks, I think like they didn't have fish in the planted tanks. It was just for the plants. And in every single one of the tanks, they had a single pea puffer in there. And I assume that they were in there to control any pests. I think it's been a long time since I've had a freshwater tank, but it was a freshwater puffer tank and I had loads of plants in there and my puffer fish took care of all of the snails that were in there. And I always thought that was fantastic. Well, no, it is. And and that is, that is an issue. You brought up a good point, is that generally when you get plants, you're going to get snails. You know, it's, it's kind of a pain in there and there's, um, you can try to pre-rinse your plants with the alum and the water, make a, a solution, and you dip the plants in that, and that helps kill the snail eggs. Because they're, or you can inspect it, but it's very hard to see. You know that the snail eggs are this gelatinous mass, and a lot of people don't inspect their plants. And snails, once you get them in your tank, they're kind of a, they're they are a big pain. So yeah, puffers. Uh, clown loaches. I mean, there's there are different fish there that can help you with pest control on on your plants, and I'm sure that's what they were for. Yep, I always say puffer fish are my favorite, and that's what started me in the hobby was my little freshwater puffer. So I thought that was cool. But my other uh, yes, go ahead. <laughs> um, shrimp, right? I don't think we've talked about shrimp yet, but like. You know, I've been to Aquashella back at Aquatic Experience when they still had that. There were loads of planet tanks with these little tiny decorative, I, I think they were decorative. I heard somebody say that one of the prices on these little tiny shrimp was like $250 or something crazy like that. But people also use them in planet tanks. Are there any sort of 
different things that people should be doing if they're trying to keep shrimp as opposed to fish? Well, you know, now you're adding animals and shrimp definitely, you know, they're not as susceptible or, or ammonia levels can be a little higher, but that's why people try or do, or do want to cycle their quote plant tank because it's really a shrimp tank again with the special soils. And so if you want to do shrimp and, and there are many varieties that are less than $250. <laughs> so, and they're, I would hope so. they're, they're yeah, cool. They're, yeah, they're really cool. Especially if you're doing a small tank, you know, sometimes you just don't have the room for a big tank. Consider freshwater shrimp. There's all sorts of colors, greens and purples and yellows and, you know, just bright reds. Um, and you, you need to and cycle it with one and only and usually it's a special soil. So once again, don't just add the ammonia drops. Have your test kit there and see what your system's telling you. And a lot of times people will use spider wood, you know, or some type of uh, what they call driftwood, but it really isn't driftwood. And it can start to get the white fuzzy, you know, kind of fungus on it, which which is okay. I mean, it's it happens in many cases. You can take that piece of wood out and uh, rinse that stuff off and put it back in. But with the shrimp, they don't like high ammonia. They definitely don't like high nitrite. So you're going to have to, you know, maybe add a little bit more bacteria because as I've said many times, it's a numbers game. And since at these lower pHs, all the bacteria are working slower, what you need is more bacteria working slower to get the job done. So even though a two ounce bottle of one and only is normal, normally for a 30 gallon tank, you can't overdose it. So pour the whole bottle in that five gallon shrimp tank or, you know, two gallon uh, shrimp tank, because those, a lot of, because you have a lot of bacteria, it will uh, then help you get through that cycle faster and don't panic again don't panic if you've got a little bit of ammonia or a little bit of nitrite if if it's just you know 0.1.2 you're okay it'll it'll eventually come down but with these special soils it just takes time okay good to know and one thing that can happen though it's in uh is at low pHs, all bacterial processes slow. I mean that that's one way of preserving things, like your you know pellet foods and and uh, other types of foods, even human foods. If you get the pH really low, basically bacteria can't grow. So that's a type of preservative. Well, in, in the aquariums that have low pH, and we're talking, you know, below six, a lot of these tanks are five to 5.5. Uneaten food and organics and things like that are going to hang around a little bit longer. Normally at a pH of seven, you know, seven above seven, eight, you know, the waste, our waste away bacteria would be constantly degrading these and helping clean up. But that process is going to be slower in a plant tank. And that's why we developed the waste away gel for plants 
you know, it's it's our gel in the little you know cartridge that you can put somewhere in in the system. It doesn't have to be a, a real obtrusive where that's what you see, but it's constantly releasing a little bit of the waste away bacteria to do two things. It helps degrade the organics on a constant basis. And all that organic material is degraded into CO2, which the plants like, because that's how they get their carbon, and ammonia, low levels of ammonia, that are then nitrified into nitrate, which is the form of nitrogen the plants prefer. So the waste-away plant gels can actually help promote plant growth in your tank. And if you aren't having good, you know, you've planted this, you've spent the time and the effort, and you're just not getting the the growth and, and the vibrance that you want, the nice greens, and you're being taken over by algae. Let's go into the troubleshooting. You've set this whole thing up. The number one issue is you get this long stringy algae growing on the plant leaves. So, What's happening is your plants are not growing fast enough, and then and you probably are doing two other things, adding too much nutrients, and the lights are on too long, too intense. Okay, just like when I talk about that in marine tanks, if you're growing tons of algae and you've got this wonderful, expensive light and you're running that blue uh, channel at 100% on a tank that's only you know, 10, 15 inches of water depth, you're promoting algae growth. And the same thing can happen in plants tanks. You got to realize that the, the, the LEDs that are on the market, even the nice T5s that are on the market, they put out an intense light and you need to regulate that if your tank is smaller. And maybe, you you know, you don't necessarily have to have a controller, but what you can do is instead of laying the light strip right across the tank so it's right above the water, is get some legs. Most manufacturers have legs that you can raise the light strip up. And that means the light has to travel further through the water so the it, this it's not as intense, and that's one way to regulate that. And uh, as your tank matures and you're growing more plants, they can be taking out you know the nutrients. But usually, people are adding too much nutrients in the beginning, and there's so much light, and the intensity is too high that you start growing algae on the leaves. So that's. What you need to look at is is look at the combination of nutrients, your light cycle, and maybe you if you can't you don't have a controller where you can control the intensity of the the different light channels because there's a red and a um, green in there. Uh, raise the light up. Now the other thing is that the plants just don't grow very well at all. Well, the traditional well, I'll say old school, if you just go get some gravel and throw some gravel in the tank and throw the plants in there, that's pretty much set up for disaster. I mean, plants do new, do need nutrition. They get nutrition from their roots along with the leaves that are, that are the 
power cells that are doing the photosynthesis. So you do need to amend the soil. Uh, I prefer a combination of, of, of sand to plant the plant in with which you've added the red soil, the powder that, and I'm sorry, I've blanked on this. I'll remember and Hillary can put it in the notes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but, but I like to mix that up with sand and then put the sand in, plant that, and then cover that with some gravel. Uh, or, or I've had sand tanks, or like I say, there are, there are special soil amendments. But just going out and using, you know, the regular enamel-covered gravel that you buy at a pet store or a big box store is not going to do your plants any good. And that's, so if you've done that, that's probably why your plants aren't very good growing very well is, is their, their foundation is poor. So you're going to have to change that. And then, you know, it, it's kind of matching your plant of what you're trying to do with the light and the tank system. Some of the plants that are inexpensive, multi-leaf, you know, fine leaves, they don't really do good all. They're they're cheap, but they don't do great in in a lot of situations. You know, stick with the the tried and true. The the sort mostly swords do well. Of uh, the vow, um, there there's a, not a nice plants that you can get in there, but they have to have a good foundation, a good lighting system, and then you know they have to be fertilized, which can be from the fish. Or you can add artificial fertilizers, but don't overdose. Overdosing any of that is just going to cause algae problems. Yes, absolutely. I feel like we've talked about overdosing products, fertilizers, food, whatever, numerous times. Numerous times, yes, numerous times. Uh, I mean, we have a person right now, and you know they're, they're like frustrated because they can't get their phosphate below 0.1. And then finally, I don't know why I didn't ask this sooner. We're like five emails into this. How many fish you got in this tank? Oh yeah, the tank's super overcrowded, and I feed a ton. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, pretty common sense there that if you're going to have a ton of fish in there and a ton of food, you're going to have some phosphate. Um, so we get back to that balance. Um, but uh, to end here, a freshwater plant tank can be so relaxing. I mean, it can be as wonderful as any reef tank, in my opinion. Uh, it would be calming, relaxing, just almost like a Zen environment. Um, so if, if you uh, have always been interested in that, give it a shot. Yep. Try, try something new. Maybe you're, you know, you're that saltwater person and uh, you need a little challenge. Go for the freshwater tank. It doesn't have to be big. Just know the limitations of uh, you know, smaller tanks versus big tanks and and you can really have a nice tank and then throw some you know, put some shrimp in maybe a couple of fish up at the top and you've got a nice biosystem there yep absolutely and if you need inspiration send me a message let me know i will share some of my favorite pages on instagram to follow i could watch these planet tank videos and like aquascaping tank videos all day long they're so relaxing right and, and you know it used to be uh plants you know, we're in the bottom corner dark of the pet store and times have changed. There are companies that just make 
system, you know, plant systems and and sell just plants and all the 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 things that you need. And they're it is, doesn't have to be expensive, but realize that if if plants what you is what you want, you need to search out and use products that are for plants, then you're going to have success. Yep. I feel like saying you get what you pay for, like look for quality things that are for what you need and go with that. Don't, don't try and uh, find the easy way out. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you, if when you go from a saltwater fish only tank to a reef tank, it's a different set of equipment. It's a different, you need a calcium reactor. You need the blue light. You don't need those in fish only tanks. And the same thing with plant tank. You've had fresh water. Now you're going to do plants. Plants have different requirements. So you're going to have to tweak how you set up and maintain that aquarium versus your normal freshwater aquarium. And there are definitely good products and, and lots of knowledge and companies that have that knowledge out there to help you have success. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. All right. Okay, Hillary, I think that's going to do it for uh, this session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. And as always, we love your questions. You can hit up Hillary um, numerous ways on social media, Facebook and Instagram. And um, we don't do TikTok, do we? No, we don't do TikTok. (laughs) No, we're not on TikTok. We've got enough. Enough said. Or email us, info at drtimsaquatics.com. We always like hearing about people. and uh, YouTube. Come- YouTube is the other one. Uh, YouTube. I knew there was and, something. And we're on Twitter too, but Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube are our big ones. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening and uh, good fish keeping. <laughs>